Hello, my podcast family, and welcome to Caregiving is a Ministry, where we look at the Word of God through the lens of caregiving. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook at Caregiving is a Ministry, all one word. Today, we're going to start at the very beginning, Genesis, the 45th chapter, verses 5 through 8, reading from the New American, the, the New International Version, and it reads, And now, do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been famine in the land, and for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, and ruler of all Egypt. Now, I'm sure all of us know the story of Joseph, right? Well, for those of you who do not, I'm going to give you the little cliff version. Joseph was the son of Jacob and Rachel, who Jacob really loved. He was one of her sons. She only had two. And he was a spoiled brat. He wasn't spoiled by his own fault. It was because of his daddy, Jacob. Anyhow, his brothers, who were sons from the other wife, Leah, this is why you only need to have one wife, men, they conspired to kill him. But his brother Reuben, I believe, spoke up and got his brothers to put him in a pit until he could really figure out what to do with him. I think his it says in the word that he was going to come back. But what happened is he ended up leaving his brothers for a while. And when he came back, they had sold Joseph off to a caravan. And so he, in, he turns up coming to Egypt and then gets accused of sexual assault and gets thrown in jail. He stays in jail for a number of years, then interprets a dream for um, some fellow inmates and then waits like another two years before he finds himself interpreting a dream for Pharaoh. And then that's when everything changes and he becomes second only to Pharaoh. In this tale, Joseph's tale, I think what people often miss is how long it took for Joseph to get to, to becoming second in command of Egypt. It was a long process, the waiting on God, so to speak, and not necessarily understanding what God was doing in the midst of his waiting. I did a Google search, and so this is the timeline that I found. Joseph was, they approximate that Joseph was 17 years old when he was sold into Egypt, when his brother sold him. That he was 30 then when he became overseer of Egypt. He was 39 when his brothers first came to Egypt for grain because they came twice. And then he was 41 the second time that they came to Egypt. And that's where the passage is right now, the second time frame that his brothers come. Based on the timeline Joseph spent 13 years then in Potiphar's house and in prison, So you talk about waiting 13 years 
He was sold by his brothers. Think what emotional trauma he must have endured with that. And then placed in jail for a crime he didn't commit. That's enough to make people kind of lose hope, don't you think? But all of this was God's plan. And that may be hard to accept. We don't know if it was God's ordained plan, meaning God orchestrated it exactly the way it went down and that's exactly how he wanted it to happen, or if it was within God's permissive will, meaning he knew that there would be a detour, i.e. the brother selling Joseph, whatnot, and God rearranged things so that it would happen as it did. But either or, make no mistake, it was still within God still within God's will to work out this way. And it worked out not only for Joseph's good. I mean, he ended up being second in command of a nation. Hello, right? Um, it also worked out well for the land of Egypt because he was able to interpret the dream. And then it worked out for the neighboring countries. It worked out for his family specifically. Recall that there was a famine for seven years. Hence when he says, there's already been two years, but five years are going to come. Egypt was able to stockpile the grain during the previous seven years where it was a plentiful harvest. Right? Now people from all over the country could come and buy grain, which Joseph oversaw. So the blessing blessed multiple people. What else did it do? It reunited a family. It relocated Jacob and his family from where they were in Canaan, I believe, to Egypt. It was Egypt where, you know, Jacob then gets the name change, I believe, from um, Jacob to, to Israel. And then his children, which are the 12 tribes, become a nation. They become the nation of Israel. Joseph realizes this, and that's what this passage is, of Joseph realizing what God has done, that in the reunification of a family, then he's able to forgive his brothers, or and he's able to forgive his brothers. Don't forget the forgiveness piece. During this whole ordeal, we never hear about Joseph complaining or trying to argue his point or his innocence, and maybe he did. He may have protested. We don't know because it's not in the Bible. And so for me, then it means it's unimportant. <laughs> but what we do know is what's highlighted. And what's highlighted is during those 17 years between being captured um, at 17 and being second in command at 30, maybe that's 13 years, God was with him. And scriptures state that. And the favor of God was on Joseph and God was with Joseph. The statement of God's favor indicates that to me, Joseph maintained a good attitude, even though he was having really bad days. Wherever we find Joseph, we find that his work ethic is never questioned. That's how he rose to become second in command of Potiphar's house. And then his wife started, you know, Potiphar's wife started looking at him. Even when he got thrown in prison, the overseer of the prison gave him responsibility. And to me, God, he, he shows favor to those who are obedient 
to him doesn't mean that he loves us any less right but he's going to give you the desires of your heart when you delight in him the favor of God comes upon you as you are delighting yourself in God as you are being obedient to God as you are trusting in God and so Joseph going through all of this hardship yet maintain maintaining a sense of trust with the Lord And so I think there are obviously a lot of lessons in this passage, but the one that sticks out to me is that no matter matter where we find ourselves in or what season we find ourselves in, that we are to continue to be women and men of God, maintaining high standards such as, you know, good work ethic, integrity, honesty, to not grow weary in doing what is right. Because we know that in due time, as we placed our expectations on a God who can do exceedingly abundantly all that we could ever hope or dream based on what? The power that works in us. That in his timing, things will work out for our good and his glory. In rough seasons, that's not the time where we lose hope with God. That's really the time where we buckle down and we lean closer to him. That's what I had to do during the caregiving season, especially when I first entered into caregiving because it was scary. I didn't know how things would um, transition with my mom with Alzheimer's. I had no clue. But as I leaned in closer with him and tried my best not to complain, I won't say that I was a Joseph. <laughs> um, there would have been issues of me complaining if the Bible were written from my perspective with me um, as an example. But I started to learn how to complain less and how to question less and how to alleviate the fear by trusting more in God and continuing to do the things that he had placed um, in my heart to do and to take care of mom and learning to do it with a good attitude and to stop questioning why, but asking for, give me the strength to go through the journey. And so we see that Joseph, after all of this has gone down, and his brothers are back with him now, and he has revealed himself to him, they're now feeling guilty. (laughs) And in my opinion, they should be. But he, understanding or being able to see God's hand in the situation, forgives them, and then allows them a, I think he extends to them grace when he says, you didn't do this, God had orchestrated this gave him a big mulligan. And so for me, when I was going through caregiving, I also had to step back and and really see God. And it helped me get through the season because I knew that I was his daughter. I also knew that my mother was his daughter. And I believe what the Bible says. So I knew all things would work out for our good. I knew that he had a good plan for us. And I knew that he was challenging me to trust him more. And so I constantly remembered that about the God that I served. And he allowed me to come through my caregiving season with victory. And he allowed my mom to be taken care of until her very last breath. 
So today, as you're going through caregiving or whatever season that you find yourself in, still maintain your high standards. Still remember that you are a woman and man of God and that people are still looking at you for your witness. And it is at this exact time where it's hard, where most people give up, that you stand firm for Christ because you know that he is faithful and that he is working everything out for your good in his glory. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this particular passage that you've placed in your word because it shows us that you do have a plan for everything. And it shows us that you have not forgotten about us, that you aren't sitting so high up that you just allow things to happen and you don't care. No, this passage demonstrates that you are still in the thick of things right along with us. And so you ask us to trust you, no matter how long it takes, 12 years, 11 years, 13 years, however long, that we trust in you. Father, you also gave us the example of Abraham when you promised him a son, and that took something like 25 years. We know we try and rush you with things, but you're not rushed. And we're thankful for that because you orchestrate the universe And your timing is always perfect. And so we thank you for placing us in the seasons that we are in right now. Use this season to grow us closer to you, to mature us in our faith. Allow us to see your handiwork working in our lives and to speak with boldness about how good you are. Even though things may look crazy, that we still recognize you at being God, no matter what the circumstances we face the season that we're in. We love you, but more importantly, Lord, you love us and we thank you for your love. We thank you for your protection. Help us to be as Joseph was, obedient, trustworthy, and continuing to put his faith and trust in you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, my podcast family, go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus. Bye.